0: to the Prophecy Club. In all of this world, <laughs> with, with so many things going wrong and such evil out there, I thought I would do a program that has a little positive to it. Positive to it? Prophecy Club. I didn't <laughs> I didn't know those two phrases went together in the same sentence. Positive and prophecy club. <laughs> so I understand. Okay, so Today I want to talk a little Bible prophecy, positive Bible prophecy. Today I want to talk about the two witnesses. So Sunday we had a memorial for one of our congregation members that died, which, by the way, she died in the night as she had been praying for years that the Lord just take her home in the night, and she died on Resurrection Sunday. I mean, it was, it was beautiful. I mean, if you got to go, and we all do, That's just about as good as it gets. Anyway, so we had a memorial service for her after church, and then we all had a big lunch. And I was sitting next to one of my congregation members that visits from time to time. And one of the other members told me that, well, he listens to a lot of stuff on the Internet. And he had several questions for me, and they really weren't questions. They were really more statements, challenging statements things that he disagreed with me on, and I said, well, have you read my book, The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy? No, but I'm going to. And I thought, well, okay, so here's a guy that's listening to all of these other voices out there that hasn't even read his pastor's book on Bible prophecy and is sitting here challenging me on Bible prophecy points. And I felt like saying, Okay, you do know that this is what I do for a living, right? You do know that I memorize the book of Revelation. You do know that I have the answers for you. But you also see that this is a time of fellowship, and I'm trying to eat, and there's a lot of background noise, and he had a very strong accent. And I turned to one of the other brothers beside me, and I said, Can you understand him? He said, No, I can't. So there was a lot of negatives. However... He asks some very important questions, and I think that one of them needs to be addressed today. As a matter of fact, I may be taking a couple of broadcasts on this. Now, here's the good news. See, the two witnesses are really our friends. (laughs) What? Yes, they're actually our friends because these two witnesses are standing up for the Word of God. All right, now let me just go to chapter 8, and I'm kind of inclined to just read part of my book, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, because in chapter 8, I go through and I give you, I believe it is eight different reasons why this person and that person, I'm not going to tell you, (laughs) I'm not going to tell you who they are yet, but who they are and why they are. Now, let me go back to our conversation this past Sunday. So this brother says, well, a lot of people think that the two witnesses represents the church and the Jews. Uh, No, (laughs) there's so many crazy ideas out there, because these days you can just open your own YouTube channel and pull up your little cell phone and start talking into the cell phone and posting things on the Internet. And there are lost souls that don't know enough to know when to believe and when to turn the channel. And so eventually you can get a pretty good following, even though, A, you've not been called to do that. B, you don't really know what you're talking about. (laughs) And so, yeah, there's a problem. So today, and possibly the next broadcast too, I'm going to try to explain about the two witnesses. So let's start. Chapter 8. And I'll probably jump in here with some comments as we go along. Prophecy says in the middle of Daniel's 70th week, commonly referred to as the seven-year tribulation, the Antichrist, more properly referred to as the beast, will sit on the Ark of the Covenant, committing the abomination of desolation. The false prophet will use miracles to deceive the people of earth. He will order the earth to make an image of the beast. The Bible refers to this man-made image as an image of the because it is not made in the image of God, but rather in the image of the beast. It is probably going to be half-Lucifer, parenthesis, mingle themselves as the seed of men, Daniel 2.43, and half-human. That might explain why Daniel says he looks different than normal humans, because he is not a normal human. Daniel 7.20 says, Out of the ten horns that were in his head, and it was the other which came up, before whom the three fell even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. Now, that's the first point. I'm going to have to interrupt here in my book probably several places. So he thought that the two witnesses are the church and the Jews. Well, here it says he has eyes and a mouth and has a look more stout than his fellows. That's not the church, and that's not the Jews. And one of the other congregation members sitting next to me turns and says, well, there's actually a lot of reasons why that's not accurate. But again, you know, if the brother would just read my book <laughs> or come to church enough to get the truth, he would know that's not accurate. Then the next part I have in the book is Daniel eight twenty three, In that latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors come to the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up. Now, that means he has a very strong appearance. Again, that's not the church. That's not the Jews. At any rate, the image of the beast will speak and order all people on earth to worship the first beast and Christ. All resistors will be beheaded. The Antichrist and the false prophet will speak great words against Jesus, the Bible, and displaying lines, signs, and wonders. God meets them step for step, inch for inch, and curse for lying miracles. This last generation will see sevenfold miracles. Miracles like no one in history of man has ever seen. No one going back to Adam has ever seen these magnificent miracles. The New World Order leaders will try to stop the miracles, but they will not succeed. God then sends two of his greatest prophets, talked about in Revelation 11. To walk the streets of Jerusalem, bringing his truth, sending curses out upon the evil done in Jerusalem. God uses these two witnesses to match the beast and the false prophet step for step, inch for inch, and miracle for miracle. This is the second greatest contest between God and the devil, with the return of Jesus being the greatest battle. Now, let's go to Revelation 11, 3 to 13. It says, I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy 1,203 score days, clothed, that's three and a half years, or 42 months, however you want to cut it up, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. Now, again, that's to humans. And they're humans that lived in the past. Let's go on. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. Okay, so how do they kill their enemies? Fire literally comes out of their mouth and devours their enemies. And anybody who tries to hurt them, the Bible says this is the way they kill their enemies. And what is that fire? That fire has a name. That fire is called the morning star. Now, in the book, I explain the morning star. And that's extremely important that you understand that that morning star, A, what it is, what it does, and that the morning star on the final Feast of Trumpets is the final wrath of the Lord. That is his wrath. Not the seven-year tribulation, not three and a half years, not the last 100 days, not even one full day. In the evening tide they are, in the morning they are not. It's not even a full 24-hour day. It's when he blows his glory. Okay, back to the book here. Proceedeth out of the mouth and devoureth uh, devour their enemies. And if any man hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. These have power to shut heaven, that it reign not in the days of the prophecy. Again, that's that's not the church and that's not the Jews. These are two flesh and blood men. And have power over the waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit. Hang on, let's talk about that a second. One of the other things we talked about, this guy turns to me and says, do you think that the beast is already alive on the earth? I said, no. Right now he is falling endlessly and helplessly in the bottomless pit. There's two different verses that says that he ascends out of the bottomless pit. And of course, if you get the book, I explained to you why I believe that the beast will be a resurrected Nebuchadnezzar. That's right, the same King Nebuchadnezzar that erected the statue, uh, the same King Nebuchadnezzar that required everybody to fall down and worship that statue, that tossed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the flame of the furnace, that same guy. If you get my book, Tribulation, Secrets, and Daniel, I explain all of this, and I explain to you that this is actually a forerunner or a foreshadowing of the beast. In other words, God was trying in Daniel to try to get Nebuchadnezzar to accept him, and he never did. And that's another point. A lot of people think, oh, yeah, Nebuchadnezzar got saved. No, he didn't. (laughs) No, he didn't. Again, I show you that in that book. All right, let's go back to Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. The beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which is spiritually called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. And they, oh, by the way, you know what? This is the way it's going to be when I do stand School of the Watchman, June 11 to 13. Let me just jump in here and just tell you my heart. Since I think I told you yesterday, when I was four years, when I was in the fourth grade, I could, I could show you on the playground, I could take you there today. And I could show you the very steps that I took, the very place on the playground when I was in the fourth grade, when now I know it was the Lord speaking to my heart, and He said, You will be a sought after public speaker. Well, you know, the sought after (laughs) is not so much. But my heart, ever since I ran across Bible prophecy, is to teach Bible prophecy. If the Lord were to come to me and say, Stand just like I said to Solomon, what's one thing you want? (laughs) I'd say, I want to teach Bible prophecy. That's the number one thing I want to do. In other words, that is my heart. That is my love is to teach Bible prophecy. And that's the reason I'm asking you to, I know it's a little difficult, but believe me, you're going to really, really, really love it. And you're going to say, now I see why you did it. I'm asking you to write out the entire book of Revelation, King James Version, in a spiral ring notebook. And when you go to prophecyclub.com and once you sign up, then there's a little thing that pops up and you can download a PDF and I show you, I'll give you like two pages of suggestions on when you go to writing out your copy of the book of revelation, your copy, not some Bible you bought, but it's, this is your copy. You wrote it down. When you write that, something begins to happen in your heart. And then as you've written it down i give you some suggestions things like don't start a chapter in the middle of the page always start a new chapter that I'll, I'll give you several suggestions and I show you four or five pages out of my personal copy and it, it it's it's probably one, it's probably one of the most precious things in my life if my home were to burn down one of the things at the top of the list that I would not want to lose in the fire would be my personal copy of where I wrote out the book of Revelation when I memorized it so if, if you if you love prophecy, if you love the Lord, if you want to win souls, if you want to teach Bible prophecy, come to my school of the Watchmen June 11 to 13th and bring you a spiral ring notebook. And you don't have to write all of it out. You don't even have to write it out. That's not a requirement to come. But believe me, you will be very, very glad you did. And yes, it's going to take some time. I'm going to say it's probably take six, eight hours, something like that, pretty constant writing, and you want to make it very, very, very neat so you can read your own writing. And don't try to get a whole lot of words on each line or each page. You want to make it very, very neat. I'm asking you not to make any highlighting, but just write it out at this point. And if you want to, just use black or maybe black with red when it's Jesus speaking or or one of the angels speaking. Anyway, if you'll bring that, I promise you will be so blessed. It's going to be one of the greatest weekends of your life. I think you will remember it for the rest of your life. And when you're out in some woods area and people are gathered around you and you're explaining to them about Bible prophecy, this is going to be the book that you want to have in your hand. This is going to be the book, probably the book, in the time of trouble, in the tribulation, this spiral ring notebook you write out is probably going to be the book that you'd prefer to have in your hand, even rather than your own Bible. When, at least when it comes to teaching Revelation. I mean, like, for example, when I go to look up something in Revelation, I go to my spiral ring notebook it, because I own that. I own those words. I own my marks there. I own my notes. It's got everything, everything, everything about Revelation right there in that book. It, to me, to me, it is priceless. It is priceless beyond words. I could tear up over how much this book means to me. That's the reason, my brothers and sisters, take the time. Go get you a good spiral ring notebook, and it needs to have over 120 pages. You probably need to get a pretty thick one. I mean, good quality. Look at the paper. You know, get a good quality one and write you out the entire book of Revelation, King James Version, and bring it to School of the Watchmen. You will be so, this is is what we're going to do for a day and a half. Uh, what is it, 14 hours, let's see, 4, 5, 3, five, yeah, about 15, 14, 15 hours, maybe even 16 hours, You will, you'll float out of the room. I promise you will absolutely love it. And you go to prophecyclub.com to get signed up. Okay, all right, let's go back to what I'm doing here. And after three days and a half, the Spirit of life entered into them, and they stood upon their feet. Okay, that means that just as Jesus died for three days, these guys die, die for three days and a half, and then the Spirit of life enters into them. And they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them, which saw them. And they heard a great voice out of heaven saying to them, Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, just like Jesus did. He ascended up in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. And the same hour was there a great earthquake, and the tenth part of the city fell. This is Jerusalem. And in the earthquake were slain of men 7,000, and the remnant were fried and gave glory to the God of heaven. Now, a couple of things I got to say about that. You may be saying, well, why would God kill 7,000 of his followers in Jerusalem? Well, that's just the point. This is Jerusalem that did not accept his two witnesses. They have not accepted the Messiah at this point. And this, by the way, is in the last few days of the tribulation. I mean, Jesus is about to return. And so still many, many, many people, the ruling class in Jerusalem, never accept Jesus. And I've heard so many people say, oh, well, God's going to have a remnant. Yep, that's right. He does. But you don't want to be a part of the remnant. The remnant are those people that do not study and did not know Matthew 24. Because Matthew 24 says, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, run for your life. And they run 216 miles straight south down to the real Mount Sinai. There's uh, the dragon cast water out of his mouth as a flood that it might cause the woman to be carried away of the flood, but the earth opened up her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And then so the dragon gets mad because you see, God is protecting them. And they're protected for the last three and a half years of the tribulation. And then, though, then the devil goes back to Jerusalem. And he is that's when he goes in and commits the abomination of desolation. That's when he uh, causes the most problems. But the people that did not leave Jerusalem, that did not accept Jesus, did not read Matthew 24, they didn't go. And they are what is called the remnant. We don't want to be part of the remnant. We want to be an overcomer, or in this case, if you are living in Jerusalem at this time, when you see the abomination of desolation, run. Run 260 miles straight south to the real Mount Sinai. We're going to have another experience with God. Don't stay in Jerusalem. So those people that stayed in Jerusalem are those... (laughs) These are not good people. These are people that have not accepted Jesus up to this point. They have not accepted Jesus, even though... First of all, there's not only two witnesses there for the last three and a half years. They're not only doing amazing miracles and, as it said, uh, turning water into blood and, and drying up the, 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 the rain. Not, but, but also, you have to remember, Jesus has returned now on the Feast of first fruits, which is about seven months before he returns as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Again, all of this is explained. Yes, I know this is deep. That's why he told me in the, one of the visions, I had two visions, two visions, 30 revelations, and an audible voice, which I wrote into the book, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. That's the reason you want to get the book, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, because it's not complicated, but prophecy is deep. I mean, it's like, I'm not, I, probably not even a four-year education. It's more like an eight-year education to understand Bible prophecy, Somebody that doesn't understand had to study prophecy and all of a sudden tribulation hits. They can't just bone up on it in a couple of days. It's years of study. I mean, this has been my life for the last 40 years. This is who I am. This is what I do. I breathe. I eat prophecy. Ask my wife. She'll tell you in a a mild complaining voice. Oh, yes. That's all he thinks about is prophecy. The two witnesses are not just the only ones there. Have to remember, Jesus returns as the Lamb of God, Revelation fourteen one. I looked, and lo, I looked, and lo, a Lamb stood upon the Mount Sinai, and with him a hundred and forty four thousand, having his Father's name and in the forehead, and that is the midnight cry: Behold, the Bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. In other words, when they see Jesus with a one year old Jewish boys resurrected in their bodies, and they're walking, and they don't believe they don't stay on Mount Sinai, and they walk all over. But they're going to be walking around for about 50 days. The locusts are going to be stinging everybody but them. And then at the end of 50 days is the Feast of Pentecost, and that's when those who are ready get to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's not a pre-rapture. That's not to save anybody. They get to go because they are ready, okay, those that are ready. And it's not about protection. It's because blessed and holy are those that are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb, the Bible says. Okay, so I'm doing a lot of talking. Let's get back to the book here. One of the greatest questions in the Bible is, "Who are the two witnesses?" In my early days as prophecy student, I made the same mistake that, unfortunately, most Bible prophecy students make. I had read Hebrews nine twenty-seven lightly, which says, "And as appointed a man once to die, but after this the judgment." I'd also read that one of the two witnesses must be Elijah the prophet due to this verse. Malachi 4, 5. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming and great and dreadful day of the Lord. So my first conclusion was that in order to find the, the, the two witnesses, all I had to do was find two men in the Old Testament who didn't die, and they would be the two witnesses. Wrong. I concluded that they had to be Enoch and Elijah, right? Because they didn't die. A common misunderstanding. This was the first of actually many misunderstandings that I was about to be corrected on as I went through these personal revelations from God, which would give me as I memorized the book of Revelation and wrote out this book. So, before I began to memorize the book of Revelation, I promise I knew nothing that was in that book, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. I didn't learn any of that. I, I, it's hard to say. I didn't, I didn't learn it. Let, here, Let me give you, I, I like this story. So, I, of course, I play racquetball. And I was watching this guy. He's been playing racquetball for many years. He had this fantastic move. He would grab that ball out of the back corner, and it would zip down the side and just die in the front quarter point. And he would just do it time and time and time again. I thought, man, I caught the guy. I said, man, that's an awesome move. you got to show me that move. Well, I charge $40 per hour. I said, I mean, I'm happy to to pay you $40. (laughs) I want to know how to do that move. So we met, and I paid him the $40 for an hour's instruction. And I said, okay, show me how to do that move. He said, okay, here you go. Watch. Boom. Ball died in the corner. Here, watch again. Boom. He hit it. Ball died in the front corner. I said, man, that's great. How do you do that? He said, well, here, watch again. Boom bald eye in the corner. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen you do it, but I want you to make me do it, you see. See, because teaching is not just telling. It is getting someone to do what you can do or to know what you can know. What I find is difficult sometimes to explain my charts and actually explain all of this that's in this book because it didn't come to me by study. See, this guy that did that fantastic move, it didn't come to him because he was trained. I believe a lot of times God just gives us ability. He just shows us things. And I believe God just gave this guy this fantastic move, and he didn't know how he got it. And because he didn't learn it, he didn't know how he got it, he couldn't teach it. Well, I struggle with the same thing because the things in this book didn't come from me. It didn't come from my research or my study. It was by revelation. So I'm trying to give you something, hmm, how do I say, that I haven't earned the right to know, but I'm trying my best to give it to you. And frankly, sometimes it's difficult to explain, which is why I think we need the school of the watchman so that we can come in at any time as we're going through this. You can ask a question. I'll answer your question. We will go through this step by step until finally you can walk out and you know you know what's really going on. So go to prophecyclub.com, and get signed up for School of the Watchmen. All right, back to the book. Jesus said that the prophecy which said that Elijah would come was actually fulfilled. John the Baptist fulfilled that prophecy. So don't look for Elijah. He's not coming. He's already come. Here's the verse. Matthew 11:13 and 14. For all the prophets in the law prophesied unto John, and if you will receive it, here it is, here it is, this is Elias, which was for to come. So looking for Elijah, he's already come. Here's another one. Luke 1, 13 and 17. But the angel said in him, Fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, parenthesis John the Baptist, and thou shalt call his name John, and he shall go forth before him in the spirit and power of Elias. So there's two verses that said Elijah has already come. So Elijah is not going to be one of the two witnesses. Okay, run out of time, continue tomorrow, maybe. Prophet Leslie Johnson has a new book called Shekinah, Not Right. She says an invitation for the majestic presence or a manifestation of a fallen angel called Shekinah has entered the church. This powerful, seductive, demonic spirit presents a lie that looks so tempting to many Christians causing the worshipers to feel as if they have entered into a higher dimension of communication with the Lord. Shekinah is actually a fallen angel, a demonic presence, even more subtle and more powerful than those demons that routinely attack us day to day. Shekinah Not Right, 1 for twenty, ten for thirty, twenty for 50 at prophecyclub.com. Prophet Leslie's book, Snake in the House, is talking about the compromise in the body of Christ. The serpent is coiled in the church. Hiding in the weeds of compromise. What are the manifestations of lying signs and wonders? What are the false religions allowed in the church? What is wrong with yoga? And what does Hinduism have to do with the Christian church? And what is wrong with contemplative and centering prayer? What do I do if I have been exposed to the deceptive kundalini spirit? One for 20, but don't do that. We offer them a shrink wrap sets of 10. One set of 10 for thirty, two sets of 10 for 50 at prophecyclub.com. Leslie and I went through four classes in Grasse, France at two of the greatest perfumeries in the world. Leslie made a perfume and it's called Virtuous and it is absolutely awesome. It is the best scent I've ever smelled in my life, any place, anywhere. I want to stick it on Q-tips and stick it up my nostrils. It is so good. And we put it together for a Mother's Day package. You're going to get Leslie's Virtuous perfume in a brand new beautiful bottle. Her book, More Than a Ruby and DVD, and a rose pen, and a silk rose, and 10 milliliters of Leslie's Perfect Touch anointing oil. Six items valued at $162, all for a gift of just $100. And if you order it by May 3rd, you'll receive it by Mother's Day. A great Mother's Day gift. That's Leslie's Mother's Day gift at prophecyclub.com. We now have nine big Berkeys, six royal burkees four imperial Berkies, and two crown Berkies, and most of the time, everyone is out of stock. We have them in stock, prophecyclub.com. You can have instant access to over 200 titles on a recurring monthly subscription of $20 or yearly for $200 at watchprophecyclub.com. Terry Sock of Cornerstone Asset Metals is a prophecy student, reads his King James Bible, and wants to help Prophecy Club win souls even if it means he loses money. I think that's the right attitude when someone values winning souls more than making money, and he's doing so by sponsoring Prophecy Club on radio. So, if you'd like to help win souls the next time you need gold, silver, palladium, rhodium, bars, or coins, contact CornerstoneAssetMetals.com. They can help you roll over your IRA, 401K, so just tell CornerstoneAssetMetals.com. Prophecy Club sent you. Click like, share, and subscribe. Click like, share, and subscribe.